0: Live. Oh, is this thing on? I don't care. I want him to hear. This is the pregame show, your early morning shot of sports on 95 7 The Game. Come on.
3: <laughs> yes, sir. family. Stephen Langford in. And I'll be 100% honest, I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted because that game between the Giants and Dodgers last night as we kicked off the second half of the Major League Baseball season, the back end of the MLB season. As you can tell, I'm already tired. I'm just laboring through this opening. The first game between the Giants and the Dodgers on ESPN lasted three and a half hours and boy, did it get exciting there uh, toward the end. Two balls, two strikes. Two out. Darren Ruff, the tying run with the bases
0: loaded. Hammered to left. Is it enough? Ruff! Grand slam! and we are tied his first
3: career grand slam the Giants have rallied to tie it at five credit ESPN for the audio he tied the game at 5-5 in the seventh inning just unbelievable because through the first I'll just you know I'll use the first five innings as the way that I'm going to talk about this team it was ugly by the time the fourth inning came around it was already 5 to nothing. The way that they had gotten on base was through poor defense. Like the defense just looked terrible. Anything that was hit into the outfield, you kind of had to gasp a little bit. You held your breath. Just because you don't know what's going to happen in that outfield, every single one of these guys, there was some sort of issue. It's you know, it's it's kicked balls, it's taking wrong angles to balls that are hit off the wall. It's it's poor throwing. It's everything in that outfield. It was just awful. They did have a couple of errors yesterday, uh, but a majority of them coming through the third inning. That third inning was just it. It was, it was just brutal in that third inning. Because Freddie Freeman opens things up with a the walk. Then Justin Turner ends up scoring on what shouldn't have been a double to Luis Gonzalez because Luis Gonzalez is just turned around and running after that ball. Freddie Freeman scores. They already make it 4 to nothing. Then Hanser Alberto comes in and just absolutely ropes one to left center to make it 5 nothing. That was just about as... Bad as I've seen Carlos Rodon look in terms of his command, I, I I haven't seen him lose his command like that in a while. Now the errors were getting to him. It's not like every single run to me should have been earned, even though they all were with him. But Rodon did not look comfortable uh, in those first couple of innings there in the fi- in in his five innings total pitch. He you know settled down a little bit after that third inning, but by that time. As a pitcher, I can't imagine what happens with your confidence there. Uh, But the game was just kind of in a standstill after that. No team scoring any runs. And, you know, it was just ugly. This was just a time where, you know, it, it, it felt like... It was just to get-me-through-this-game for the guys on the Giants. That's really what it felt like that game was. In that first one against the Dodgers, coming out of the All-Star break, you're thinking, all right, what the hell, man? There's just no energy with this team. Didn't do anything in the fifth inning. Didn't do uh, anything in the sixth inning except waste uh, a single at the top of the sixth by Austin Wins. But then you get to the seventh, and that's when... Phil Bickford comes into the game trying to get a righty on righty matchup with him and Evan Longoria because Jock Peterson had let off that inning with uh, uh, just a fly out to left to Trace Thompson, by the way. Shout out to the Thompson family. But Evan Longoria gets on with a homer. Then Luis Gonzalez gets on with a walk. So it's a 5 1 ball game. Tyra Estrada gets on with the single. Austin Slater comes in, gets hit by a pitch as the Dodgers had made a pitching change right before Austin Slater came up. Your meme Mercedes strikes out on a 2 2 count. And then Darren Ruff comes to the plate. The bases are loaded. And he hits that Grand Slam to tie it. Two balls,
0: two strikes,
3: two out. Darren Ruff, the tying run
0: with the bases loaded. Hammered to left. Is it enough? Ruff, Grand Slam, and we are tied! His first career Grand Slam. The Giants have rallied to tie it at five.
3: They tied the game at five. They managed to hold off the Dodgers after Trey Turner got a double in the bottom of the seventh, Uh, but they were all good. Then you make it to the top of the eighth, and this was just about as a letdown of an inning for Dodgers fans as I think you could hope, but at the same time, I do think it was a letdown for Giants fans, and I'll explain why in a second, but Wilmer Flores gets on with the walk, then Jock Peterson comes up, slaps a double to left, like Peterson I got to be honest he walked up he looked like he was a man on the a man on a mission uh, in the top of the 8th there when he came up to bat I mean he crushed one I think he hit it like 110 miles an hour to right field except it went foul he ends up getting on with a double though Getting Wilmer Flores over to third, and Flores was just was just hobbling. Watching Flores run the bases, man, it's uh, whew, it, it, you know, he can get you every now and then. You're like, damn, is he gonna go on the IL after just running from first to third? Uh, but nevertheless, runners on second and third. Luis Gonzalez is intentionally walked. Then Tyro Estrada manages to draw the walk with the bases loaded. Then the Giants are up six to five. Then Austin Slater is. In again after, me, after coming into this game as a pinch hitter and then he only hits into a force out at home as Max Muncie decided to make the smart play from third and going straight to home on a force out. They didn't get Austin Slater out at first. Then Joey Bart comes in and strikes out on three pitches. Just did not look comfortable. Something I will say uh, about this broadcast and about what ESPN was doing, I do like the pitch history that they do uh, that they put up on the scoreboard. I do like that. You know, it was slider, fastball, slider, fastball. I, I do like that they had that, uh, that thing up there. It's kind of like, oh, in real time you're able to see all that because, man, some at-bats get so long that you kind of forget what the sequence of pitches were, and when you have it and it's just visceral, it's something that you can kind of map out in your head and think all right what's coming next I did like that but you're seeing the, the 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 pitch sequence with Joey Bart and you're thinking all right first pitch slider okay second pitch slider and that second pitch slider that they uh, uh, that the pitcher threw there he hung that one right over the middle of the plate and Joey Bart just swung through it so you're thinking all right what's he gonna do with an o2 count is he gonna go back to the slider is he gonna go with the fastball Clearly, Joey Bart was thinking fastball because he just swung through his shoes on yet another hanging slider and then struck out. Like This, to me, even though they scored with the bases loaded, it felt like they left a lot of runs on the board when you had only one out. It was Austin Slater and Joey Bart coming up. And if you wanted to stamp you, you, if you wanted to stake your claim as the guy for the Giants, I think this was Joey Bart's moment, doing it in the eighth inning in a, a win in a game where really you shouldn't be in this game. Like the Giants were the worst team in this game compared to the Dodgers, you shouldn't have been in it. But if Joey Bart just would have gotten a hit, would have gotten on base instead of swinging through his shoes and trying to put one into the seats and making it, you know. A, Ten to five ball game instead of a six instead of like a you know maybe a seven eight or hell nine to five ball game instead he strikes out and this could have been his signature moment for the season one that people would look back on to open up the all uh, to open up things post All Star break but he didn't make it happen I thought that was a huge at bat for Joey Bart and he didn't come through didn't execute sure he's got plenty of games left to do it but I don't know if, if there's going to be another game that is. Where the Giants are in that fa- in that fashion, taking the lead and possibly "quote unquote," and I and I don't like saying this ever anymore. Ever since Rick Barry was on the boarding roast and he says, you know, you never steal games as an NBA player. You you win games. You know, when we were talking about the Warriors in the playoffs, and he's like, you never steal games. Well, to me, this was a game that the Giants could have "quote unquote" stolen from the Dodgers, and it just didn't happen because. If you don't put runs on the board against this team, they will come back. And then in the uh, bottom of the eighth inning, Gavin Lux gets on with a double after Jake Lamb strikes out. John uh, Dominic Leone comes in after John Brebia. John Brebia was the one who got out of the previous inning in the seventh. Gavin Lux gets on with a double. Max Muncie grounds out to uh, uh, grands, grounds out to Brandon Belt. Gavin Lux goes over to third. He got a runner on third. Then Trace Thompson, after hitting that, after getting that big hit back in the second inning, gets on with the triple, makes the game six-six. Cody Bellinger gets on with the walk as Harlene Garcia replaced Dominic Leone. And then with two runners on, what do you know, Mookie Betts? Mookie
0: to left. Peterson running
3: up free run home run
0: mookie betts it's 9-6 dodgers
3: what a moment for mookie and that's what happens that's what happens now there were a couple of moments with the umpire you know like where the umpire clearly uh, could have called, uh, you know, a, a, another walk there in the previous inning, and you know, the the umpire might have prohibited them from scoring more runs. But then I also look back at that pitch against uh, with Jock Peterson in that two strike count, and he just decided to not call it, even though it was clearly a strikeout, and the Giants were able to score a run for there. So I'm not really uh, for, from that. So I'm not really you know diving into the. Uh, I'm not really diving into the umpire and what he was going to do and how that impacted the game because, after all, the Giants just did not look like the better team out there compared to the Dodgers and they aren't like that's just a fact. They aren't the better team. Newsflash: they are not the better team than the Dodgers. But the Giants just couldn't pull this one through or pull this one out, and I just thought that was the moment right there in that bottom of the or that top of the eighth inning. I just thought. Damn, that would have been the signature moment for Joey Bart so far in his very, very young career. But instead, he just ends things out, uh, closes things out with a strikeout. I'm telling you, I'm misspeaking today on all terms because, damn it, that team kept me up until 10.30, 11 o'clock last night. From the 650 in large part, the difference between the Dodgers and the Giants in many of their head-to-head matchups has been Mookie Betts. Just look oh my gosh, he was huge in the playoffs. Saying just look back at how huge he was for uh for them versus Logan Webb in the playoffs last year. The Giants' inability to sign a major star will cause their inability to contend for another championship. A lot of a lot of ability there. The inability onto another inability. Damn. That was a well-drawn-out text there, 9650. And I do want to get to that on the other side, because, well, we do have the doghouse coming up next, which is just maybe the most popular segment in all of sports radio. This 5 a.m. show on the West Coast in San Francisco, the segment that he does at 515 every Friday, most popular segment in sports radio in the nation. I don't exactly have those numbers in front of me, But I got it in the head. It's just, you know, the confidence. It's right there. Don't need to look at numbers. Numbers (laughs) schmumbers. But Doghouse is coming up next. And then after that, for the final half hour of the show, there's plenty to get to because I think there's just one domino waiting to fall. And then we will get a decision on Jimmy Garoppolo as we head into training camp next week for the 49ers. So I do want to get into that. And then also some other news within baseball because... As we know, Juan Soto is up for trade, and I think you all know my stance on it, but you know, I'm not I'm not I'm not losing all hope on the Giants possibly trading for this dude, and I'll explain why. So that's all coming up in the next forty six minutes of the show. Thanks so much for tuning in and listening on this Friday. Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero is the Comcast business text line and the phone number. Who is in your doghouse for this week? And you know what? To start out with mine, I am going to put all of us, me, you, anyone on the air here at 95.7 The Game, for getting a story completely wrong. We are all in the doghouse. That's going to start things out next. Steve Alec for all The pregame Show, 95.7 The Game.
0: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
1: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy.
0: Now back to the pregame show on ninety five seven. The game. Here's Stephen Langford.
3: Good morning, everybody. Stephen Langford in and from the nine two five. This is a great text. The Giants are missing three things: consistent defense, relief pitching, and timely hitting. And the reason that I say that's a great text is because that is exactly what the Giants had last season, and that's what led them to 107 games. Of course, you can mix in a little bit of luck as well. Like when people texted in last year, oh, the Giants just got lucky on their 107-win season. The Giants just overachieved in their 107 wins. You may have been right, because when a team with the roster that like that, which is not a roster that is built to get 107 wins, typically within a Major League Baseball season. Because it was a different roster last year, but they were constantly getting consistent, or excuse me, they were constantly getting relief pitching. Relief pitching was always on point. Timely hitting was there. They've actually gotten some timely hitting lately. Like the right righty-lefty matchup, it's really ever since uh, I came on here, after that Tiger series, and they pinch hit Jock Peterson for Austin Slater, and it came back to bite him in that second game. Yeah, I really ever since that. That's when the righty lefty matchups been been pretty damn good. And, you know, and producer Sam Lubman from The Morning Rose going on NBC Sports Bay Area on Hang Up and Listen and essentially saying the same thing except in a much more eloquent and passionate fashion. So shout out to Sam Lubman. But ever since he went on the NBC Sports Bay Area show and basically said the platooning's not working and what's the point of following the numbers if you can't do it correctly? Like, it, it, it was a great rant. But ever since then... The timely hitting's been there, but the one thing that you mentioned there at the top nine two five, it was consistent defense. This is like last year defensively leaps and bounds better. Remember that in twenty twenty to start off that season, that those first two games with the uh, against the Dodgers, when they combined for like seven errors or whatever it was in those two games. And that was awful. And you contrast that with how they did in 2021, and it was just night and day, the way that that team looked on defense. You were getting good defense every night. And it's just little things. You know, little fundamental fundamental plays that no one really paid attention to, whether it's, you know... Being in the right position in the outfield and cutting a ball off and instead holding them to a single instead of it being a double. Not booting any balls, which is what the outfield was doing a ton last night. You know, not making the simple errors, which is also what happened. There were only two errors in the box score, but it could have been way worse, in my opinion. Like the, the, the play by Luis Gonzalez, for example, Luis Gonzalez has been a pretty sound outfielder. You know his arm isn't that great, but as far as just being an outfielder and having range, yeah, I thought Luis Gonzalez had that, and he was turned around and going toward, running toward, the, terrible. This is the worst thing when you see a player when you play, when you see a ball overshoot a player, they totally read it wrong. I don't know if it's something in the lights or whatever it is. Does anyone remember back in 2019 when that happened to Hunter Pence and Johnny Cueto was pitching a gem, then all of a sudden he gives up like four earned runs after that error because the light got in the way? I wonder if that happened uh, with Luis Gonzalez. But it was just a bad play. And, you know, a run gets scored out of it, even though it shouldn't have been. Should have been an out. Like the, the Everything in the game changed in that inning. The momentum was fully shifting toward the Dodgers. But it's little plays like that little things on defense that the giants have been missing this season and they just haven't executed and last night what you saw there consistent defense relief pitching and timely hitting they all got together they all had a party <laughs> consistent defense relief pitching and timely hitting they're like you know what we don't need to be on the giants right now let's just go let's just let's just go party in LA we're good i'm humanizing defense pitching and hitting that's what i'm doing here all right, you know what? We're, we'll we'll take that away. We'll we'll take that away. Now, also, Gabe Kapler did make the right moves all last year, both with the bullpen and with the lineup. However, last night, I don't know, bringing in Dom Leone in that spot when they're up six five, and you just had a massive comeback in one where your reliever John Brebia, essentially just set you up. Was Dominic Leone the right move there? I don't know if he was. You just had an entire All-Star break, and you got a guy named Camillo Duvall who's waiting back there. You have to wonder. You have to wonder. Like, you know, just what happened? What was their thought process there? What was their thinking? But anyway, nevertheless, it is time for the doghouse. And really, I only got a couple Who is in your doghouse for this week? 888-957-9570. I only got a few here because there's not a lot going on in sports right now. And not a lot deserve to be in the doghouse. But there was one yesterday that I got to bring up. Now, again, most popular segment in sports radio throughout the nation. Most popular segment through podcasts. Who's in your doghouse for this week at 888-957-9570? That's the Comcast business text line and the phone number. Number one, well, I guess I should put the Giants up there. I just spent five minutes just ranting on the Giants and what's been wrong so far this season and what went wrong for them in that game. I mean, they went on this stretch here where it's like 2019. Where we were wondering, prior to the deadline, because this was the first time, I believe it was the first time in that 2019 season, where they they switched back to just having one deadline instead of two. So, you know, instead of having the end of July deadline and then, you know, the end of August deadline where it's September call-ups, they took away that August deadline, left it to July. Yeah, that was the time when Madison Bumgarner was going to get traded and they started going on this little win streak and you know, it just felt like they were they were already like four games under 500. They go on this little, you know, winning 9 out of 10 streak. And then you're wondering, "Oh, should we keep Bumgarner maybe for a possible wild card game? It feels like we're we're heading in that direction." It does. So, I guess the Giants number 1, you're in my doghouse. But number 2, you know who's in the doghouse? All of us. We all are in the doghouse. Now why are we all in the doghouse? I'm including myself. I'm including you. Unless you thought otherwise, I'll explain I'll explain what I'm talking about because I'm sure there are some of you who are like, I didn't think anything of it. You were all wrong. Which is which is fine if you if you if you're so inclined. Uh But we all know the story about the A's and what happened with Paul Blackburn. You know, A's pitcher made it to the All-Star game, and then he ended up flying with Houston, and everyone was calling the A's cheap for not flying out their own player. Instead, he had to join on uh, with the team in Houston because they had a spot open. But uh, John Shea... Of course, longtime rider out here, a legend, John Shea, wrote a whole article about how we were all dead wrong about the A's uh, being cheap in this scenario, because the MLB expenses these charter flights. It's not the A's responsibility. This has happened before. They've done this back in 2019, and really, it was the Astros organization who were the ones who basically said, yeah, come along for the ride. And throughout baseball, it's not like the A's are the only team to make this happen. It just happened with Juan Soto, too. Like, this goes on throughout baseball. So all of us are just fully equipped. We are just waiting to unload on the A's for being cheap. When in reality, none of us looked at the context of it and thought, you know what? This actually happens all the time. It's a pretty common thing. (laughs) It's like, like when I saw that, I was like, damn. All right. But I do think that speaks to the A's organization and what they've been doing now. Because as you saw, Kyler Murray yesterday got a huge extension. I could get into all those details next. But what he's making or what he will be making when that contract kicks in, it's the same amount as the payroll that the A's are paying their players this season, are using to pay their players. But you know what? for getting that wrong and just for pointing the finger straight at the A's and saying, yo, you are cheap. You're not sending your all-star out to the all-star game. What are you doing? You're sending them with the rival Astros. Nah, it turns out this is just a normal practice and this is what this is what this is what teams do especially with teams that only have one all-star on their team they try and find any way they could do it and then baseball expenses it in general so so it's not uh, so it's not the a's after all so you know what all of us who made the wrong assumption you know what did my dad used to say assuming makes an ass out of you and me That's what happened. We're all in the doghouse. You got to be held accountable every now and then. Uh, But you know who else is in the doghouse? This guy who took up a majority of the show yesterday. And maybe I should be thanking him because it was a great conversation. And really, uh, we went maybe 15 minutes on the nastiest food combinations that we've ever seen. Uh, But this dude who is going to be the quarterback at the University of Kentucky this year after transferring from Penn State. Supposedly, he could be the best quarterback coming up in the NFL draft. So maybe not this year, but by next year's time, you will know this dude's name. And he could be a household name. I don't know. But he might already be a household name. Will Levis, University of Kentucky quarterback with this food combination. And it's it's sickening.
4: Will Levis, quarterback at the University of Kentucky. And I have been known to put mayonnaise in my coffee sometimes.
3: Mayonnaise in the coffee. Will Levis at the SEC Media Day, and they posted that to Instagram. The clip went viral, really, after we did that yesterday. So, if you were listening and you participated in that, boom. Will Levis with the coffee. <laughs> Sheesh. From the 510, and this is it. You go from, we go from talking about the A's and their payroll and their payroll matching what Kyler Murray's going to make when the contract kicks in, on average, by the way. Not the total. Not the total on average per year. Uh, we'll, we'll get to those details on the other side, but from the five one zero, NBA is in my doghouse for finding Joe Lacob. Freaking bums. Agreed. Finding Joe Lacob just because Joe Lacob spends money, and then when hey, he has something to say about it, even though that money has been distributed, to other teams who didn't hit the luxury tax through revenue sharing, eleven million is what he paid each of these teams. <laughs> like, 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 all this—he's been following all the rules. He's done everything except he said the penals the the, the, the penal, the penalties. I guess I forget the, the, I wanted to phrase the way that he worded it, but you know, we're, whatever. We got to move on here. But the penal code, I guess for what that payment was, it was unfair. The luxury tax is unfair. The fact that every th- every dollar I got to spend, oh yeah, I basically got to multiply that by eight. That's unfair. <laughs> so, you know what? The NBA in the doghouse, I like that 510. And then from the 925, traffic is in my doghouse. I'm currently dead stopped on 880 South at 525 in the morning. Wow, 525. Hope there's not like a crash or anything. I hope everything's okay out there on the Nimitz Highway. Nobody calls it the Nimitz Highway anymore. But that's going to do it for the doghouse. The Giants... Paul Blackburn and the fact that we all got it wrong. So we're in the doghouse. And then Will Levis for putting mayonnaise in his coffee and just absolutely taking up the entirety of the show. So you know what? On the other side, the Giants could be in the doghouse in the future. We'll see. Ten days. August 2nd. That's the trade deadline. If they don't make this move... Maybe the Giants could be in the doghouse. And that move is one for Juan Soto. Now, you've heard my stance on this because, well, the previous few days, I'm thinking, well, I'm not seeing any of these offers or these lists, anything. I'm not seeing the Giants anywhere when it comes to Juan Soto trade offers as they were happening throughout the All-Star game. But yesterday, the betting odds came out. The Giants are on that list. Some reports from insiders had come out about their trade des- uh, his trade destinations. The giants are on those lists, so we will get to that next. And then there is one more domino to fall at least that I'm waiting for. and I believe that it could happen today as were, as was reported and that is what happens with Deshaun Watson and how that could possibly impact Jimmy Garoppolo and where he ends up. 888 is the Comcast business text line and the phone number, so I want to get into all that next. You know what? I'll I'll get you the Kyler Murray contract details and how that compares with the A's because the numbers are just staggering. So we'll get to all of that. Stephen Lightford in on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game.
0: Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford.
3: This is like a perfect song for a Friday. Little Silly Putty. Zion I featuring the Grouch. Rest in peace, Zion I. Even though Z- Zion I was more of just a, the group name as opposed to his name, but you just say rest in peace Zion I anyway. So rest in peace to Zion I. But this is just a perfect ride in your car, rolling in on a Friday. Other than you know when you're listening at five forty in the morning and you just want to get these hot takes. <laughs> Love this song though, A Grouch. Underrated within the Bay Area. Love the Grouch. But I do want to get back into sports. You know what? One real quick thing is, you know, we will get back into sports. But I'm a pop culture guy, and I don't know, I think a lot of you who listen in, you know, you like stand-up comedy, right? But stand-up comedy is, it's in a weird place because really anything you say now can be reported. It would be on Twitter, you'd be trending, and then people would try to cancel you for, you know, saying a joke. I see that everybody is I saw Joe Rogan was tre- was trending the other day and then I saw there was a podcast with Tom Segura and I said okay are we really going to take the word of two comedians who are just doing a podcast for 3 hours they're going to say some stuff <laughs> you know so so it, we're just we have this microscope on comedians nowadays super random and I'm almost doing this it's a, is this if I'm it's as if I'm promoting it But, you know, I'm not making a dime for it. I just found this fascinating. Uh, But Andrew Schultz, who is a very popular comedian, he's kind of made his way through YouTube and through Instagram, posting videos, posting, you know, all all of his stand-up bits, his crowd work, everything. Well, he was going to do a Netflix special, and I believe it was Netflix, and they basically said that, hey, we want to edit this part out because we are worried for the blowback that we'd get if we kept this joke in your stand-up bit. So he basically said, no, nah, you know what? I'm not going to have my special with you. I'm not going to censor my comedy. I'm not going to edit my comedy. It's just comedy after all. And if you get blowback, so what? Right? Like That's pretty much that's that's what he thought about it. And he created this thing where he puts on his website his stand-up special and it's basically a pay-per-view event and he made a ton of money off of it and it's uncensored it's you know it's his special the way that he wants to edit the special Like, Netflix is the one that's giving these big multi-year deals. They're almost giving them, like, contracts. uh, You know, like the Kyler Murray contract, which details I'm about to get into in just a second and how it compares to the A's and how I think the comparisons right now are a little unfair. But I think this is the way that comedians are going to go. Just promote the hell out of it when you're on social media. Put it on your own website. Make people pay for it. And you know what? It's, it creates more intimacy. You know, like, he's got a huge following now, uh, after everything that happened, and, you know, if you have a huge following, and you don't want your comedy censored, just have him go to your website and have him pay for it. I think we're gonna see a shift here uh, in stand-up comedy, and the way that it's released, it's just it's just fascinating. Still have yet to get through Bill Burr and Live at the Red Rocks, though. Still have yet to get through that. Uh, made it through the first, I don't know, ten minutes, but then Jesse heard me playing it in the apartment, and You know, she was trying to sleep and I was watching it in the kitchen and then, you know, putting Bill Burr on when your girlfriend's trying to sleep. Not going to (laughs) work. So, you know, shout out to stand up comedy, man. Haven't had that talk uh, on here before. Anyway, as we move on. So there are a couple of things that I want to get to because Juan Soto, a possible trade with him. I saw some odds yesterday. I liked the odds. But I do want to get to this real quick, because Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray got his contract yesterday. In case you didn't know, it was the talk of the town at about, uh, I don't know, what, 30, 11 o'clock. Kyler Murray got a five-year deal that's worth $230.5 million that includes 160 guaranteed and that gives him an average of forty six point one million a year. Forty six point one. Now the A's what they're spending this year on their team in general? Forty eight point five. They're spending only two million dollars more than what Kyler Murray will make, but here's the here, here here's the caveat though. The contract still hasn't kicked in yet. He still has yet to honor his original rookie deal, so that mu- that number. When you see that number, and you're gonna, you know, you you're gonna talk about the A's spending, and you should be pissed. Like I'm not saying you shouldn't be mad if you're an A's fan and you see numbers like that, but also I think those numbers are just there for shock value because you're basically getting this Kyler Murray contract through 2020 uh, to through 2028. And so his contract is done this year. We'll see if the A's change their spending next year. I just think that that number, when we make that comparison to the A's, I think we should use that number next year when the contract actually kicks in, because it's always going to change with every team, and you never know what can happen. Although, you know, prior to the prior to the A's moving, do we really expect them to spend a lot of money on their team? Probably not. So we can still make this comparison later on, and and, you know, it's the number is still staggering. You know, but I and I get it. But, you know, we're always just going right after the A's. We're making a B line, but it's like, you know what, he's only making like less than a million dollars this year. So we gotta wait for that to kick in. Um but that deal for Kyler Murray, wow. 49er fans, you are gonna be seeing him for the next few years. And you know, I, I gotta I, I gotta say something. Like my thought through it is with everything that happened in the off season. You know, all the the turbulence through the Cardinals organization, Kyler Murray and the antics on social media. I I can't even keep track, you know, unfollowing them on Instagram, deleting all the posts that had him in an Arizona Cardinals uniform. In the article that was written about how there was some tension between Kyler Murray and the team, especially after he walked off losing a playoff game, there's a lot to look at there with Kyler Murray and think, hmm, he's so talented. But the leadership qualities have come into question after that move. And I, and I think a lot of people change their tune on the Cardinals and where they were at. It just doesn't feel like the Cardinals. I, I think they could be pretty good next season. I, I think we are uh, overlooking them. But, you know, you wonder if that deal is going to pan out. And if Kyler has made those strides and he's like, all right, you know what? They paid me my money. They're going to be paying me forty-six million dollars. Yeah, all right. I'll step up. I'll step up here. I don't know what it's like being a professional athlete and playing for less than your worth. I can't. I can't imagine that. You know, it's it's not it's not like that old saying where it's like you are what your record says you are. It's not like your contract says what kind of player you are. You know, Kyler deserves more than what the rookie contract is uh, stipulates to him. But you know what? 43 million dollars thing or 46 million dollars a year. Things could change, but it just feels it, it just feels like a it. It doesn't give you much confidence in that situation with everything that happened in the offseason. Something just doesn't feel right there. But you never know. By the time they get DeAndre Hopkins back after he serves his suspension, then we'll see what happens. Uh, Speaking of suspensions, as you know what, I will close out with Juan Soto because we are talking football here. Uh, But speaking of suspensions, I was looking on Pro Football Talk, just scrolling around, you know, and... They've been reporting on Deshaun Watson and what's been going on with those hearings. Now, this isn't technically a report, but if this is correct, because the Deshaun Watson case had closed, not the case itself, but the litigation had closed three weeks ago, so they were done, and they gave them the decide. whoever's making the decision, the judge... He gave all the jury, like, what, till July 12th? Till July 12th to make a decision, and then now the verdict is going to come down for how long he's going to be suspended if he is. At first, it was the NFL wants him suspended indefinitely for a year, and that was the report. We were going with that, and I immediately thought Jimmy Garoppolo possibly going to the Browns. But then you saw the report that you know what it's not going to be a full year. It could be anywhere from two to eight games, and that verdict could possibly come down today. And all signs indicate that is going to happen at some point. And I wanted to get this out there now because it could, it might not happen today. It could happen over the weekend. But now that training camps are starting to get rolling, you want to see what your roster looks like, and you want to make all the necessary moves. I wouldn't be shocked that if the news comes down over the weekend about what happens to Deshaun Watson in hell, the NFL might want it just to be, you know, the classic Friday news dump where nobody's focusing on the NFL for this because there's already been enough bad publicity, even though bad publicity doesn't even matter for the NFL because it's the NFL. But still, they do something like make this a Friday news dump. If it comes down today or over the weekend, I think you're really going to see the wheels start to turn for Jimmy Garoppolo and possibly being traded because yesterday, this was interesting. Albert Breer spoke about this. Albert Breer, who's a NFL reporter for Monday morning quarterback. He spoke about this with Bonte and Shasky on the roast yesterday. And he spoke about the money and how it can be impacted through a trade.
4: I think the money is actually the key part of it. You know, it's, Jimmy goes to another team and says, "Now, ah, I think it's fair if I'm going to be your starter that I make let's just mm-hmm. throw out a number there. 10 million bucks this year, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to ask for the full 25, but how about 10 million bucks and then you give me some incentives." Well, maybe that team doesn't have the space so that team goes back to the Niners and says, "Okay, well will you take on 5 million of this?" So mm-hmm. that would mean the Niners would be would be basically buying back a draft pick.
3: So The Browns have the most money so far left in the salary cap. They got plenty to spend. They got just over $40 million, which is more than any team in the league. They did just sign Josh Rosen to a one-year deal. But if Deshaun Watson is suspended, and he's suspended for half your season at least... Now, I mean, if he's suspended for... I don't know, three games, then maybe they can roll with just the backups. But my guess is the Browns wouldn't want to go in there with a backup quarterback for half their season, which is just what they would have. It's just nothing but backup quarterbacks there in Cleveland. So I think they'd be inclined to try and trade for Jimmy Garoppolo, and the money would be worth it. And who knows? Maybe they would be willing to take on some of that deal. Who knows? Who knows? But if that Deshaun Watson domino falls, I think we're really going to start to see uh, what Jimmy Garoppolo's value is because if Deshaun Watson suspended, I mean, which other team would be more in need of a quarterback? And if they have the cap space to do it, if they have the assets to do it, why not? <laughs> like that's I think that's what Cleveland would be saying. Why not? We got, we got games to lose here, and we could possibly win with Jimmy. So I wouldn't be shocked if you know Jimmy. By the time Deshaun Watson and all that verdict comes down, if if uh, if Jimmy's gone, I wouldn't be shocked. I think I think it could be a very realistic thing that he goes to the Browns. Um, but you know, it also could be just realistic that they do cut him because Bonte asked Albert Breer. Yeah, if they cut him today, how much do they owe him? If the Niners cut him today, they owe Jimmy yeah. nothing or seven point right. five million or what?
1: What is it?
4: They owe him nothing.
1: They owe him nothing, so they could cut I mean, them today and there, not pay a like dime. A very
4: small amount. I can't remember what the number is, but right. there's a very, there's a very small amount of like prorated money off of his bonus. Gotcha. Right, like that. So whatever the dead money is, the debt, but that's not cash. That's just right. a cap charge. Like mm-hmm. there'd be twenty five million dollars come off the cap. And, you know, at that point, the Niners obviously would have money freed up to go and deal with Debo Samuel and Nick Bosa, which based on where they are from a cap standpoint would actually be really valuable in
3: that. So one and a half in dead cap money. Would they be willing to spend that? Would they just be willing to spend the money that he's already, uh, that's already on his contract and just take him up as a backup quarterback? Only time will tell. Only time will tell. All right. Now transitioning from football, because next week football is going to start ramping up, and that's when we really start to get things going. Training camp begins on July 26th. Cannot wait for that, but we did have some baseball last night, and I'm not going to lie to you. If you're just getting into your car here at 5.53 in the morning, personally I'm exhausted having stayed up watching this thing last night when Darren Ruff ties the game up with the grand slam at 5-5. Two balls, two strikes. Two out. Darren Ruff, the tying run with the bases loaded.
0: Hammered to left. Is it enough? Ruff! Grand slam! And we are tied. His first career Grand Slam. The Giants have rallied to tie it at five.
3: Credit ESPN for the audio. Then they would follow things up by getting the bases loaded. They'd get one run out of it after drawing a walk on a 3-1 count. But then Austin Slater would ground into a force out, which sent the baseball home. And no runs were scored. He was uh, called safe at first, so they had two outs to work with with bases loaded. And then Joey Bart on three straight sliders, bang, bang, boom, gone. Could have been a signature moment for Joey Bart uh, during his time with the Giants so far. And if you only put up one run against this team, when you have an opportunity with the bases loaded and you have just one out and you're only able to get one run out of it, You can bet your ass that the Dodgers are going to come back and win that game.
0: Mookie to left. Peterson running out of room. Free run, home run. Mookie bets. It's 9-6 Dodgers. What a moment for Mookie.
3: Credit ESPN for the audio. Now... The reason that I'm playing those two clips and the reason that I'm going back to last night's game is because, well, the defense was just awful for the Giants. If you were watching in those first three innings, like, you're thinking, my God, when they were up 5 nothing, the Dodgers, that is, seemed like Carlos Rodon just didn't have it, seemed like the defense was lackadaisical, they looked like a little league team out there at times, Especially with what happened there, uh, with Luis Gonzalez and him turning around and not finding the ball and having to run back toward the ball, and it was uh, when it when it when it went to the fence and then it ended up being a triple, like little plays like that, and they're up five nothing. It's thinking, oh god, what is what is happening here? But then they get that hit from Darren Ruff and he hits that grand slam to tie the game, and they go up six five, as I mentioned. But the point being is if you look at the dudes on the Dodgers who made the impact there on that game, you had Freddie Freeman, who was acquired via free agency on that team. You had Freddie Freeman hit that home run early. You leave a ball up. I mean, that dude has just a—he has an unreal swing. I don't. I, when I'm watching that thing, I'm, it's like, where do you even pitch this dude? But Mookie Betts, Trey Turner, both guys who are acquired via trade— like, what the Dodgers do is they almost have this th- uh, this strategy of going, you know what, it's kind of like what we do. You know, ask for or just do first and then ask for forgiveness later. Just make the move. I mean, if I'm Farhan Zaidi and I'm watching that game last night and I'm seeing the issues that we'd had in the outfield, I'm seeing the issues of having that extra bat in the lineup, someone who can come through. Obviously, they're without Brandon Crawford right now. Tommy LaStella meant to make his rehab start today after being on the COVID-19 injured list. So he's making his rehab start, going to take him three games. I know they just signed Trevor Rosenthal to that $4.5 million deal. Hasn't pitched since 2020. uh, And Gabe Kapler said it's going to be a few weeks till he gets called up. But... If I'm Farhan Zaidi and I'm watching that game, I'm thinking, if that team has acquired those guys via a trade, I'm going to be seeing this for a while. I'm going to be seeing Mookie Betts, Trey Turner, Freddie Freeman, and these players. I got to be willing to pull out all the stops in order to get Juan Soto. I mean, that has to be it. And when I looked at the betting odds yesterday, because you've heard my opinion with this Soto thing, after looking at lists, I got down, and maybe this was unprofessional of me, and maybe I was you know, a little too reactive to what I was seeing, but I thought, you know what, I'm not seeing anything in regards to the Giants and them having the prospects and the players to trade. Like There was a top 10 list that freaked me out from Baseball America, giving us the top 10 teams that have the assets to trade for Juan Soto, and the Giants weren't anywhere to be found on that top 10 list. But then I looked at the Vegas odds, and Vegas odds can indicate possibly what's going to happen, despite what we may think. The Yankees and the Mets are currently plus 450. I don't think the Nationals are going to want to trade within the division and send Juan Soto to the Mets, so I'd put the Yankees there. The Dodgers are at plus 550. The Blue Jays and Cardinals are at plus 650. And the Giants are at plus 700. So if you counted the amount of teams there... They're 6th in terms of betting odds to get Juan Soto. Not a great number, but it's not out of the realm of possibility. It's not like the Braves, who are plus 1,300. It's not like the Giants are unlisted in betting odds. The fact that they're listed, that means something. Vegas knows. (laughs) Vegas knows when they set these lines. And you could just be looking at the prospects, but I think the fact that they have guys like Logan Webb, who could be up for trade, Carlos Rodon. Like, if I'm, if I'm the if I'm the Nationals and Juan Soto wants a trade, well, I'm going to try and get the biggest haul that I possibly can. So if I'm looking at teams like the Yankees, the Dodgers, the Blue Jays, or the Cardinals, I'm saying, you know what? If you don't have the pro- the amount of prospects that the Giants do, you got to give us some of your players. They said that they were looking for four, according to Buster Olney during the home run derby, four Major League-ready players. But why not? have some guys who are already in the major leagues. So I'd throw, I'd have them throw those in the, in, in the deal and then use that and think, you know what? You don't have the prospect. You're not willing to throw in the players. I'm going to move on here because the Giants have a bunch of players waiting. And the Dodgers, again, f- plus 550. Yikes. Juan Soto goes to that Dodgers team. Seeing that team last night, team's real good team's real good. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in. Enjoy the weekend. You got UFC London. You got, what is it? Formula One. You got the French Formula One Grand Prix. You got plenty going on within the sports world. Baseball's officially back. NFL training camp is underway for a few teams here and there. But most importantly, enjoy the weekend for yourself. Hope you get some relaxation in. And enjoy your time. We'll be back on Monday right here on 95.7 The Game. But stick around. The morning roast coming up next. Bonte Hill, Joe the Butcher Boy Shasky, me and producer Sam Lemon behind the glass up until 9 o'clock. And as always, go sports. We really need new phones.
2: T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch.